0: Beautiful day today, and I went out and visited with Grammy and Marvin, and we went to visit Great Alma. And it's the second time I've seen Marvin. Furry and cute and silly, and I like furry, cute, and silly. Um, So, Grammy and Gray are good, and Marvin is good, and I'm good. I know we all miss you, and I hope I get to see you soon, and I love you so much, and I know that I'll get to see you soon, so I hope you're doing good. do two chapters starting with chapter 10 in the old forgotten house (coughs) barney went back to the window through which he'd climbed and he leaned out it's all jolly queer he said there are three rooms up here still furnished wait I'll come down and tell you more about it. Somehow I don't feel as if I want to shout. Barney, there's only one bar left, shouted Diana in a panic. Don't risk that. Tie the rope to something else in the room. Barney tried the last bar with his hand. It broke at once. It was the rottenest one of all. Thank goodness he hadn't had to trust his weight on that one then he looked sharply at the rope it was almost in two it had pulled against something jagged on one of the bars and was cut practically to the last thread even as he took it up it fell in half he made a grab at it but down it went there was a dismayed silence now what's gonna happen asked Diana the ropes in two "'We can nod it, silly,' said Roger. Barney leaned out of the window and pointed up to the sky. "'Look there. There's a rainstorm just about to pour down. "'You'll all get soaked if you mess about knotting the rope "'and sending Miranda up with it. "'I think I'd better see if I can get out of this room "'and into the main part of the building. "'Then I can open a door or something from inside and let you in.' Right, said Roger. We'll go and wait on that veranda, Barney. It's going to pour now. Roger, Snubby, Diana, and Looney ran round the house to the horrible veranda. As Diana had feared, there were spiders and earwigs and many other insects she felt she'd never seen anywhere else. The floor was slimy, and the place felt very damp. It was quite impossible to think of having tea there i hope barney will find some way of letting us in said snubby with a shiver it's jolly cold now he sneezed pepper up your nose said roger trying to raise a laugh but the veranda was too gloomy a place for a joke or a laugh what was barney doing in the old house was he finding a way to let them in He was certainly doing his best. He went to the outer door of the first nursery. It was not locked. In fact, the key was in the keyhole inside the room. He opened the door and looked out on a long, dark passage. Surely these rooms had been locked, not left open for anyone to come into. He went down the passage disturbing the dust on the floor. It rose in a light cloud. One or two long cobwebby strands hanging from the ceiling brushed against his face and made him jump. They felt like like soft fingers. He didn't like it at all and wished he had a torch with him. The passage was so very dark. He came to a stout door at the end of the passage. He tried it, turning the big handle this way and that, but no use. The door wouldn't open. It was well and truly locked on the other side. Of course, that was how they had sealed off the nurseries, by locking the door that led to all three rooms. Nobody could go near them. How could he get into the main part of the house? He considered the matter carefully. He could not possibly kick this stout door down, and the lock was strong. It looked as if he couldn't leave this passage at all. A thought struck him. What about the key he'd seen in one of the nursery doors? Would that by any chance fit this door? It was worth trying. He went back quickly, almost choking as he kicked up the dust. Miranda clung to his shoulder in silence. She didn't like this. It was strange and dark and queer. She held on tightly to Barney's shoulder. He looked at the three doors in the other rooms. Each had a key in it. He looked at the keys. They seemed more or less the same to him, but perhaps they weren't. He took them back to the passage door. The first key slid in easily, but wouldn't turn. However, he tried. It wouldn't turn more than halfway. He was afraid of forcing it in case the key broke in the lock. He tried the second one that would only turn halfway too. without much hope. He tried the third key and it turned true. It was stiff and grated protestingly as he turned it slowly and carefully, but it suddenly clicked back the old lock. He could open the door. He turned the handle and pulled at the door. It came open and a cloud of dust arose again, making him cough. He was looking out at a broad landing. Doors opened on either side of it, Barney went to them, walking on tiptoe, he didn't quite know why. He pushed open the doors, one by one, and looked into the rooms. They were completely empty. Not a chair, not a book, not a rug remained in any of them. Only dust covered the bare floors, and cobwebs hung everywhere large spiders scuttled over the ceilings as he opened the doors terrified to be disturbed in the midst of their long dark peace most of the rooms were dark or at least dim because of the ivy that grew across the windows allowing only a small amount of daylight in the rooms smelt musty and old barney went down the bare stairs Dust rose from each stair, fine dust, like grey flour that made him choke whenever it reached his nose. He didn't touch the banister rail as he went down, for fear of disturbing even more dust, down to the first floor. Here, there were more doors that opened onto miserable dark rooms, dusty and silent From the first floor down to the ground floor the staircase descended from each side of the great landing and then joined its two flights together to sweep down in one huge curve to the enormous hall now barney was in the hall which he'd seen through the crack in the front door he tiptoed into a big room to the right it was the ballroom the mirrors gave back a dozen reflections of him of his dim, shadowy figure, and made him feel uncomfortable. He left the ballroom and went into another room. This must have been used by people during the last war, as well as the ballroom, for here again, there was broken furniture, old papers strewn about, and the remains of a broken telephone receiver. It was dusty but the dust was not so thick as in the upper floors. He went into another room, and he saw that it was the room leading out onto the veranda. He made out the figures of the three children and Looney standing patiently outside, waiting for him. Perhaps he could open the veranda door. He went over to it and knocked on the glass with his knuckles All three children jumped violently and then turned to see what the noise was. It's Barney, cried Diana gladly. Oh, Barney, you were able to get out of the rooms upstairs then. Barney could just make out what she said. He struggled with the veranda door bolts and managed at last to push each one back. He unlocked the door and forced it open. The children outside rushed in and Diana caught hold of his arm. Barney, you are clever. We were getting so cold out there and the rain comes sweeping in on the veranda. Looney tore round and round the room, kicking up dust as he went. Shut up, Looney, said Roger sharply. You'll choke us all and yourself too. Miranda still clung to Barney's shoulder. She was very glad to see the other children They all looked round at the silent, dusty room. Diana took a few steps forward and then screamed, making the others jump. She'd walked into a cobweb, which had swung softly against her face. Someone touched me, she yelled. No, it's only a cobweb hanging, said Barney with a laugh. There are plenty of those. Has anyone got a torch? Snubby had. He usually had everything. It was really amazing what his pockets could hold. He fished out a torch and switched it on. Immediately, a horde of spiders went this way and that and Diana screamed again. She couldn't bear spiders. The children saw the big webs everywhere and the long strands of web hanging down from the ceiling. I don't like this much, said Roger. It's an awful place to have our tea in. What's the place upstairs like, Barney? You haven't told us anything yet. Barney told them quickly what he had found and how he got out of the rooms and downstairs. I think we'd, we'd better be up in the nurseries, really, he said. They're frightfully dusty, too. But at least there are chairs to sit on, and it seems lighter up there. Let's go up. So they all went up, climbing first the two-branched stairway to the first floor, and then the smaller one to the second floor. They came to the passage door and went through it. This must have been the nursery wing, all on its own, said Barney. A very nice place it was, too, with a wonderful view over the countryside. Look. He swung open the nursery door, and the children peered in. They fell silent when they saw the rocking horse standing motionless, as if waiting for some child to ride it. The toy cupboard door open to show the toys still sitting there, the doll's house on the shelf, and the plates and dishes on the table, set out ready for a meal. Weird, said Diana. Weird to look at and weird to feel. I'm not sure I like it. Still... The house feels a bit happier here than it did downstairs. We'll have tea here, said Roger. That's if nobody minds sitting down in dust inches thick. Come on, where's the basket? I'll feel a lot better when I've got a few slices of cake inside me. Chapter 11, A Very Good Idea. The storm came whilst they sat eating their tea. Thunder suddenly rolled over the sky and lightning forked across, dazzling the children for a moment and making them jump and blink. Well, I'm glad we're not out of doors picnicking, said Roger, trying to be cheerful. But nobody felt terribly happy. Still, they felt a lot better when they'd eaten every sandwich, every cake and biscuit, and drunk the ginger beer too. Looney had his share. Actually, he was a real nuisance in that dusty room because his four feet scraped the dust up so much. Miranda stayed sedately on her master's shoulder, nibbling slices of cucumber from a cucumber sandwich the children explored the three rooms again after tea it seemed queer to think that they had never been used since little bob had been taken away taken away with the fever so many many years ago i suppose the mother couldn't bear to come into this the, the empty rooms again said diana poor thing she couldn't even bear to have them touched I wonder if anyone knows about them but us they might quite easily have been forgotten by now i mean people might have thought the door in the passage outside that was locked was only a door to a box room or something i think you're probably right said barney my word hard at the rain pelting that hark my word Hark at the rain rain pelting down! It certainly was pouring hard. The thunder rolled still, but sounded further away. And the lightning flashed, but not so vividly. Diana glanced at Barney. Where would he sleep that night? Surely not under a haystack. Barney, you won't sleep out in the open tonight, surely? She asked him at last putting away the ginger beer bottles in the empty basket. Everywhere will be so wet. No, I shan't, said Barney. As a matter of fact, I'd thought of sleeping here. The others looked at him in amazement. What? Here? By yourself? In this awful old empty house, with its spiders and dust, cried Diana, horrified. How could you dare to? all alone too? I shall have Miranda, said Barney, and I'm not easily scared, you know. I've slept in much worse places. Diana couldn't think of any worse place to sleep. She shuddered. Miranda put her little arms around Barney's neck and chattered to him. She says it's all right. She'll be with me and chase away any spiders, said Barney with a grin. ''I think it's a good idea,'' said Snubby. ''After all, the beds are still good, even if the bedclothes fall to bits. The nurse's room didn't look too bad. Why don't you take that for your own room, Barney? You'd be quite comfortable there.'' ''I know,'' cried Diana, getting up and looking in various cupboards. ''I'll see if there's a brush and dustpan somewhere, and I could perhaps clear up some of the dust in the nurse's room.'' It was Loony who found the brush, of course. He darted into the bottom of a cupboard and brought out a carpet brush, whose bristles had gone soft. Just the thing, said Diana, wrenching the brush away from Loony. Thanks, Looney, I'll have it. Snubby, keep him away from me. He's kicking dust up all over the place. Better put something round your hair, Dye, said Roger, seeing how the dust flew up and round Diana's head as she began brushing dust into the pen. Here's my hanky. It's a big one. Tie it round your head. So whilst the boys amused themselves by looking through the old toy cupboard and picking out more of the beautifully carved old soldiers and Miranda tried on various dolls bonnets, Diana got very busy. She took the bedclothes off the nurse's bed and carried them down the passage to the landing. She shook them well. They were full of dust, of course. The bedspread and, and one of the blankets fell to pieces and were no use. But one blanket seemed quite good. Diana carried it back to the bed and laid it on the mattress. There were no sheets. Perhaps those had been removed by the nurse. The pillow was full of moths. They flew out as she punched it. Grubs had eaten the pillow almost to nothing. Gross. Barney will have to do without a pillow, she thought. We must bring him an old coat or something to roll up under his head, or perhaps an old cushion. She swept the dust off the dressing table, the washstand and the chest of drawers. It choked her and she began to cough. She had to wait for the dust to settle a little before she went on. She went to the window and struggled to open it. The room was so musty and dusty. A fresh, a little fresh air would be good. She got the window open at last and a shower of raindrops came over her as she pushed back the thick sprays of ivy that gave her an idea. She picked some of the rent. She picked she picked some of the rain wet sprays and sprinkled the dusty floor with the raindrops. That will help to lay the dust a bit, she thought, rather pleased with herself. It certainly did. She was able to sweep the floor carefully without raising too much dust now. In the end, She took up the moth-eaten carpet and stuffed it into a cupboard. It fell to pieces in places as she brushed it. It was easier to brush these bare boards beneath. She called Barney when she'd finished. "'It's the best I can do,' she said. "'It's not nearly so dusty now, and you've got one fairly decent blanket to sleep on, or under. "'I don't know what you'll do for water, though. "'There's probably an old well somewhere.' Or a pump in the kitchen, said Barney cheerfully. Things like that didn't worry him at all. Anyway, I always swim in the river each morning. There's a bottle of ginger beer left, said Roger. We'll leave you that. Well, I hope you'll be all right, Barney, sleeping here all by yourself. It's fine, said Barney. Better than a wet barn or a dripping haystack any day. Will you leave the veranda door unlocked and unbolted? Said Roger. Then we can get in and out as we like. So long as the door is shut, no one will guess anything. We could use these rooms up here as playrooms in wet weather. I'm glad Barney got somewhere sheltered to sleep, said Diana. And Miranda too, of course. Where is she? They went to look for her. She'd watched Barney stretching himself on the bed, and had considered him carefully, and then bounded out of the room. Now she disappeared. It was Looney who smelt her out. He rushed over to the wall opposite the window, in the day nursery, and barked madly. There was a doll's bed there with a doll in it. Beside the doll lay Miranda, her big brown eyes looking wickedly up at Looney. She was in bed, too. If Barney had a bed, she would have one as well. Oh, Miranda, said, cried Diana, you really look a darling there. Barney, isn't she sweet? Don't, Looney. You pulled the covers off Miranda. That's unkind. I think we'd better go now, said Roger, or Miss Pepper will be ringing up the village policeman. I'll come down with you, said Barney. Then I'll leave the veranda door unlocked and unbolted as you suggested, Roger. Nobody will know it's open. It's obvious that no one ever comes here. He saw them safely through the veranda door, Miranda sitting on his shoulder, wearing a doll's hat she'd found. She fancied herself in in it very much and wore it back to front. Diana ran across the spidery veranda and down the steps to the wet grass. The three of them got very wet going home through the thick undergrowth. Everything was dripping with silvery raindrops. The sun was trying to struggle out now. It might be a quite nice evening. Miss Pepper was very concerned about them when they came in. Oh dear, how wet you are, she said. "'Go and put on something dry at once. "'I do hope you sheltered during that storm.' "'Oh, yes,' said Roger. "'But they didn't tell her where. "'Nope. That was their own very private secret. "'Nobody was going to know what they'd been up to that afternoon.' "'When they went to bed that night, "'the three called cautiously to one another, "'with Looney rushing as usual out of one bedroom and into another,' sending all the mats sliding this way and that. Do you suppose Barney's in bed? Do you think he's all right? I wouldn't like to sleep in that awful old deserted house at night. That was Diana, of course. I wouldn't mind if Barney was with me. I bet he's in that bed and sound asleep. I bet he's sl- he'll sleep sound till the morning. Barney was in bed and asleep. Miranda was in her little doll's bed. She usually slept with Barney, cuddled up to him, but the bed appealed to her funny little monkey mind very much. She was there, under the blanket, hugging the old doll. Barney slept soundly till half past two in the morning and then awoke with a jump. Miranda had leapt on top of him and was cuddling into his neck, trembling, chattering in a tiny tiny voice in his ear barney sat up what's the matter miranda what's frightened you you're shivering all over were you lonely miranda clung to him and showed no signs of going back to her own little bed barney came to the conclusion that something had frightened her badly but what was it a noise it couldn't have been anyone coming into the nursery because there was nobody to come He thought he heard a faraway sound then he sat there on the bed and listened feeling his ears pricking like a dog's was that a sound or was it his imagination it must be his imagination he lay down again with miranda still cuddled into his neck and then he sat up straight in one quick movement he had heard a sound quite a loud one bang He listened intently and heard it again. Bang! Then the wind blew in at the window and the ivy rustled against the glass. It made Barney jump. He realized what the rustling noise was at once. The wind and the ivy. Could the other noise have been caused by the wind too? Was it a door banging somewhere? Was it perhaps the veranda door that had swung open in the wind and was banging? Barney debated on whether to go and see. He wasn't afraid, but he definitely didn't want to get up in the middle of a dark night and go wandering down dark stairs and along dusty passages without a light. If I hear the noise again, I'll go down, he decided. If I don't, I won't. I bet it's that beastly beastly veranda door banging. I can't have shut it tightly enough. He heard no more noises at all, except that the wind blew an old ivy leaf into the room and made it shuffle along the floor in a very hair-raising manner. For a moment, poor Barney thought somebody was in the room, but Miranda knew it was only a leaf and didn't move. So Barney decided it was just something being blown along the floor. He lay down again and shut his eyes. He listened for a few minutes longer, but all he heard was the monkey's little heart pattering fast against his neck. Then he fell asleep and didn't wake till the sun pushed through the ivy leaves in the morning. And that's the end of that chapter for tonight. Sweet dreams. Good night.